Hey everybody, welcome back to Raisin Brand, the official Pixel Apps podcast. I'm Noah Lucy, and I'm here with Zach Everman today. And we're doing a little in-house podcast where we're going to be talking about live streaming because we are currently offering a new type of live streaming service based around the fact that we are still in a pandemic and places aren't having in-person events or business meetings and things of that nature. So let's just kick it off real fast. Zach, how are you doing today? I am doing well. Fantastic. Glad to hear it. All right, so jumping into it, unless you want to add anything prior to just jumping into it. Well, you know, the, the thing I'm excited about to talk about with this, Noah, is that you've done a few of these with me. Mm-hmm, I have. But, and, and you've been around 1 million cups in that mm-hmm. event that we've live streamed for quite a while now, but you've never been part of the actual planning of this service at all. <laughs> no. And so I'm excited to, first of all, share some of the stuff that I know about live streaming, but also see if there's anything, like, any thoughts that you have with my thought process Mm, mm -hmm. if I'm missing something. Yeah. So feel free to be like, why? Like question me. (laughs) Boy, I hope we don't find out we're missing a massive piece of the puzzle. I I don't think we are. (laughs) Uh, So far the streams that we've been doing have gone very well and I'm very thankful for that. But um, uh, I'm always open to finding ways to improve this service as well because it's something new and um, it's something that not a ton of people are offering. So it's exciting to uh, kind of be be at that point of, of being able to offer it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's super exciting. I always enjoy doing the live streams, so I'm excited to hear more about what goes into it, especially with everything that, that is going on. It's super, super relevant. All right, so just kind of starting off easy here. What does a typical live stream look like? The typical live stream depends on the event. Mm-hmm. So, um, but at the bare bones of it, it is an event that is captured through video and broadcast on social media, on a website, or on some other platform through a live streaming service. And for us, that is Vimeo Live typically, but also you can stream directly to YouTube Live or Facebook Live. Uh, LinkedIn recently got a live streaming function as well. So there's a lot of different ways that you can live stream, but the general function of it is to capture video and broadcast it to an audience in real time to allow them to be, give you f- live feedback through the comment section. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I found is a really good way to really replace the traditional method of meeting in person. And it does, like like you said, uh, because you can add in some of the comments or you can kind of interact live with it, it works yeah, just as well as having an in-person meeting or an in-person event, unless that event is something maybe along the lines of like, a concert where you want to be surrounded by people, but we can't. Right. But. Well, and the nice thing about these live streams too, is that um, in the traditional sense of like a TV broadcast or anything like that, mm-hmm. it requires a ton of people to run these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, we are running most of these live streams with two or three people at most, which is really ideal for these times where we're trying to minimize how many people are on set mm-hmm. and, and staying with that safety, uh, keeping the safety measures to where we want them. So uh, that's the nice thing about live streaming is that it doesn't require quite as many people and uh, quite as much work as what a traditional broadcast would. Mm -hmm. Because I know we've talked about that due to the current circumstances, having two, maybe three people helping out is ideal where we got me doing in the past, what we've been doing is I've been doing the tech check is what we've called it, where we have that little separate room where people can come in essentially go live, quote unquote, 
Uh, but all, I'm the only audience member in that room so that I can walk them through everything. And then I give them a link to your room where you can actually push them into the live stream and have them uh, go live and then share everything. But then it helps because there isn't that buffer like a lot of people are struggling with right now that I've noticed when it comes to like live streaming classes because I just graduated. So that was a thing that we had to deal with or live streaming other events. Uh, the way we have it set up, there's no awkward dealing with the tech, yeah, tech issues. Like there's no like, live. oh, can you see it? Or you don't have to stop somebody if they start off on a roll of, oh, here's what I'm presenting about. You don't have to try and cut them off and be like, hey, your presentation isn't up. And then be like, oh, it's not. You're muted. Yeah. <laughs> I would hope they could figure out if they're muted. Right. That, that one, though, could still happen it, even it without the tech check yeah. stuff. Or like, uh, but mainly it's helped a lot with, I know we've done some, uh, which is mentioned in our vlog, where we've done some behind the scenes of uh, these like business kind of meetups or like conference the, yeah, videos. The, the virtual conferences. Yeah, the virtual conferences. So yeah, those virtual conferences are things that were typically done in person. Mm-hmm. And with everything they've all been pushed virtual and we needed to find a way to obviously we're not going to replace the in-person experience that you got no exactly but we need to find a way to share the knowledge and and spread the uh the the topics and the conversations that people are having at these conferences Mm -hmm. as organically and as authentically as we could yeah and i would say honestly the biggest thing that it's missing based on the conference uh videos we've done or like the conference streams we've done is just the idea of networking because no one is in the room you can't like say you attend it and you're like the startup company and you're with these tech giants you can't strike up a conversation uh with the guy who runs apple we haven't done that with anything with apple but this is just <laughs> an example um you can't like have that experience of just like talking to someone because once they're done with their presentation it's usually a thank you and they're done We've done a few where there's some Q&A stuff, but it's not super. So one way that you can get around that in a virtual setting is to take the extra steps and put in the extra effort of creating a virtual space, a virtual community. Mm. And one of the best ways to do that that we've seen is either through a Facebook group that you encourage people to join and start conversations in there or through a Slack community. Mm -hmm. Um, And for those of you who don't know what Slack is, it's just a communication platform where you can organize direct messages and also different channels for different types of topics into different spaces. And uh, we've used it uh, as a company for a long time. We actually just switched from it just for some other functional reasons, but um, it's still, we still have it and we still use it for a couple of our other clients, but it's a cool platform that allows you to build an online community in a way uh, to try to replace that in-person networking. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of nice too, to some degree, because it's closed, at least with Slack or uh, Google Chat stuff, um, whatever you type of use as far as like those apps, it's nice because they are closed off a bit. So they're not just like a public group, which can be nice, such as like Facebook and even private Facebook groups, I feel are sometimes more beneficial for this more authentic networking because not everyone can be in it you would probably encourage a lot of people to join it and you might have more than what would normally attend the concert or not the concert, the conference. Um, But I've found that when I'm in a group of closed, that's closed, the people in there want way more 
interaction and they actually add more to the conversation as opposed to these public groups where anyone can post anything and they might just post once and call it good. But I know you mentioned, uh, we've been talking about Facebook and we were talking about messaging and groups and everything like that. Um, Facebook and Instagram also offer a live stream service, quote unquote, their Facebook Live and Instagram Live. Um, I guess what makes live streaming or our live stream or a company that does whatever we do, such as live streaming, different than using the app natively? The biggest difference between the two is, I would say, the production value. Mm -hmm. When people are going live on Facebook and on Instagram, on Vimeo, or sorry, not Vimeo, uh, LinkedIn, when they're using these platforms that have native live features, they are usually using their phone or a webcam on their computer and that's it, and just talking to their audience, which is a an awesome way to get started with live streaming if you want to have one-on-one conversations and create some of that kind of back and forth live engagement. Where the extra step of live streaming, like what we do comes in, is when you want to start adding multiple cameras Uh, You want to start adding custom graphics and branding and also bringing in remote guests is a big thing too that we're doing, Uh, especially these virtual conferences. While it's, while we lose some of that interaction in, in the networking side of it, we're able to bring in people from across the country that typically would not have made the trip to speak at a smaller conference because the idea of booking a plane taking a day of travel, spending an hour at the conference, all of the other stuff that goes into speaking at a conference, bigger names require a much bigger commitment to doing something like that and a much bigger event to speak at. Whereas these virtual situations really only require 30 minutes to 45 minutes of their time. That's not a big commitment. And what it's done is it's allowed smaller uh, conferences to get bigger names to speak at them. And because of all this extra production value that we're offering with the live streaming, it makes the idea of a Facebook live stream just a little bit bigger because we can still live stream exactly what we're talking about straight to Facebook if we want to. There's not a native direct way to stream to LinkedIn or uh, Instagram the way that we do mm-hmm. because Instagram's platform is all built into the app Yeah, um, and there's no open API for it. Though I think that's kind of the intent of Instagram it is in and it, it is exactly the intent um it's also a different form factor it's mm-hmm. vertical instead of horizontal and stuff like that so but linkedin is also another one where you can you can stream to uh through a system like what we've been putting together so that's the biggest difference between just going live on the social platform versus uh having a crew come in and, and operate and direct a a bigger live stream event mm-hmm. is really the production value so I know we were kind of mentioning specifically conferences um, and that that's obviously a lot of the big benefits to conferences is that you can, yeah, bring in those bigger names that maybe wouldn't have done it originally due to the cost of going to whatever location you're at or the size of your conference. They might now be more willing to attend your conference virtually um, if it's too much of a hassle of travel for them. But I guess, because let's think about this, because we also have a lot of clients and we know we live in a thriving community of uh, businesses that are small business and then also a little bit bigger business. Um, what would a business get? What would be beneficial for a business over Facebook Live and Instagram Live 
using a service like ours. If it's say like, um, like a clothing store or a like furniture store, or like whatever, something that doesn't hold conferences. I I personally believe that small businesses can benefit greatly just from doing the native live streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been certain events that we have worked with on the local level where they wanted to have the, the custom branding and the custom graphics tied to their live stream, or they wanted to have uh, an extra element of engagement, such as adding uh, bidding and voting to their system, which you can do some of that with the different platforms, but there's just a level of not worrying about the back end yourself as the business and letting someone else take care of that that makes it easier for you to go live. Shift the blame a bit. <laughs> Shift the blame. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those things where the, the value for the business that is doing the live streaming, really it just comes down to uh, who your intended audience is and what you want to see out of your live stream. If your expectation is that you just want to be able to have a conversation one-on-one uh, or in real time with different guests or different... Um, uh, audience, I'm trying to think of the right, uh, people that like your page, uh, people that follow you, that audience, when they're watching you live, they're able to text you in the comments and ask questions that you can answer live. If you want that type of back and forth engagement, you can just go live with your phone and you are going to be perfectly fine. The biggest thing that a small business will get out of having, uh, a higher end live stream come in is being able to customize it a little bit and also just not have to worry about the stress of running it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but there really does have to be a cost benefit oh, yeah. discussion on that because for sure um, you, you need to know what your business outcomes are expected to be with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess out of curiosity, like at what point if someone came to you what would be something where a small business would greatly benefit from uh, this type of thing? I don't know if I already if this is a question that's already been kind of asked, or like at what point should people maybe like business owners consider not doing a Facebook live or like a like a native live and be like, oh, just whatever we're doing, like from maybe in our eyes of actually having the equipment and having that little bit of extra expertise be like, you guys should really be upping this production value. It could be doing a lot more or you could be doing so much more. Um, what type of, yeah, I guess at like at what point would a business probably want to consider something like that? Uh, I can give you a nonprofit example okay. that we're actually in the process of working on mm-hmm. right now. Um, so there's a nonprofit called Friends of the Family mm-hmm. and they have an event every year that is a big fundraising event for them that uh, generates a lot of revenue or a lot of donations for their organization, which helps a ton of people. This year, because of COVID, they can't do that. They can't get all those people together. So they had to get creative. And with that, they have, um, they've started working with us on how to create an experience that is going to be fun for the audience to watch from home while uh, being able to try to generate more of those donations. Now, should they expect to get the same level of donations? 
I don't know. Like that's we'll we'll find that out after we're done live streaming. But what they're going to be able to do with putting together a good live stream is show their audience that they they care enough to put this time into it to make it look good and make it be a good experience versus just grabbing their phone and going live and saying, hey, donate money, mm-hmm. right? They're putting time and effort into making sure this live stream is going to look good. It's going to be an experience. It's going to be entertaining. And with that, we're going to have three cameras at the shoot, at the live stream. We're going to be capturing just different events around the space that they typically hold this event at. Uh, we're going to be helping them run and live stream a silent auction to auction off items for the donations and for the fundraising. And so this is way more than what they could do just by going live on their phone, mm-hmm. right? They can't manage all of that and get all this information onto a stream that people are going to watch with, engage with, and stay watching throughout the entire event. And that's where we're going to come in with this project is being able to keep people engaged throughout the entire event. And that's where businesses and smaller organizations can actually start to see that value is when you want to have more than just a face to your phone conversation with your audience. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. So it's just a lot about the, yeah, like caring about your audience, giving them the proper experience and it was some entertainment thrown in. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's really cool. I like that. Um, But I don't know if you've noticed Zoom also has a very similar looking setup to what we use, not trying to, if hopefully people can tell, I'm just kind of like poking at the fire here, not, <laughs> not trying to insinuate anything no. based on Zoom or us. Um, but it has a very similar setup where on ours, you can have multiple screens of multiple presenters. And on Zoom, you can have multiple screens and multiple, multiple presenters or like attendees at once. Um, it's a little bit different on our end because you can't see... Whereas on Zoom, I think you can see who's actually like, you can see the people's screens who are attending like in the audience. Whereas on ours, if I'm watching a live stream we're producing, you can't see my screen, but you can see that I'm in there like through numbers and everything. Right. Um, What makes this different than Zoom? If you've ever been on a Zoom call, you know exactly what to expect. Mm -hmm. If it's more than a few people, you expect a grid of people. When one person is presenting, you expect to see just their face. Uh, When they show their presentation, you expect that that's going to go full screen. You're going to hear a voice now, and you're going to see a presentation. Everyone is doing these right now, each and every day, because that's how all meetings are being conducted. The last thing that you want to do when you're trying to entertain and and engage an audience is ask them to join a, a meeting that you do every single day. Mm-hmm. What we like to do with our live streams is create an engaging experience where it, it feels like a broadcast. It's not, yes, we can pull up 10 people on screen at once and have a conversation between all 10 people. But why? Kind but why? Thing. Like it turns yeah. into a lot of noise. We, we've talked about this too. Like the whole, um, the difference between being in a room with 10 people and having a conversation and being on a Zoom or on a meeting Mm-hmm. virtually with 10 people and trying to have a conversation is a completely different experience. Oh yeah. You just, well, you can't do it the, on zoom like the that. Yeah. Most, the most that we've done on a stream and had a good success with is six mm-hmm. and it worked well because we all knew what was expected of the pro of that session. 
And I happened to actually be part of that session while, oh, was that I, while I was running it. Launch camp one? Well, yeah, it was for <laughs> launch camp. That worked really well uh, because we all knew what was expected. Mm-hmm. And we knew that we weren't having a discussion back and forth. We were being asked individual questions. So that worked mm-hmm. well. Um, the most common way that we've done it is with four people, though. Uh, having a host or a, a moderator asking questions to three other people works super well. And so... With Zoom, all you're doing is taking a meeting and pushing it live to your platforms. The Besides the fact that the interface looks like a Zoom call and your stream looks like a Zoom call, the other part that is super um, not beneficial to your brand is the fact that there's a Zoom tag on it. Mm. You can't rebrand that Zoom tag. And there may be ways, I'm not sure if there's a p- different paid level of Zoom that allows you to take the zoom branding off of it for live stream. Get one of those sketchy plugins for like, the web. But like the thing is is that it, it that is it doesn't take away the look of Zoom. Even if there is in like I said, I haven't gone into it to look and see if that is even possible. Yeah. Um because the platform we use works so much better mm-hmm. uh for live streaming. The other part of why we like the platform that we use for live streaming is because there's a limit of how many people can be in the room, they're able to put more emphasis on getting better video quality. Mm. So the image quality of the video that's coming through a remote user is better than what a Zoom call is because Zoom kind of has to plan for having 20, 30 people on it. So the the quality of the video is a little bit lower in what I've seen. And the, the video that's coming through the platform we use is pretty legit. It's it's clean for a live stream that is being broadcast over the internet. So even without just using like a, a webcam on like my phone or on my computer, the the image is just it, it just looks better or like yeah. it's just better. Yep. Nice. Yeah, even if you're using a web, even if you're using a webcam, it looks a little mm-hmm. bit cleaner. I, I think there's just I think it's allowing a higher bit rate of a uh, version of the video to come through. Oh yeah, probably. Because it doesn't have to throttle it as much because you're not mm-hmm. you're not hosting a room that could potentially have 30 people in it yeah or more i've right. heard of those you're, you're in a space that the yeah, max like is the max is 10 yeah like that's as much as it lets you come lets mm-hmm. you have in the room so now that being said that doesn't mean only 10 people can see it watch this live stream that is how many people can be in the live stream on screen simultaneously mm-hmm. the amount of people that can watch it is infinite yeah facebook LinkedIn, As long as you have YouTube, the link, you can see it. Anyone that can see that, if it's a public stream, as many people as you can get to watch that can watch it. Mm-hmm. They just can't be in the stream. Yeah, only 10 people can be in the stream exactly. at a given time. Exactly. But you can always boot people out yes. when they're done with yep. their thing. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cool. Now, are you scared about Skype? What's Skype? <laughs> That's crazy. Um, that's a whole other conversation. That, that so. is a whole other that's conversation. Like crazy. I Skype has its thing. It, it's doing its thing. It's hanging out. It's like that. It's like that app that's like lingering around while the other ones are mm-hmm. doing really cool things. I used to use it all the time too, which is wild. <laughs> all of a sudden, Zoom took over. I'm sorry, way. Skype. I didn't mean to. No. I didn't mean to. Do I still have it on my Mac. Skype. I'm a loyal fan. You can <laughs> send me some swag. Um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, it sounds like there's just a ton of, of stuff that we can talk about and 
it means it sounded really, really good and everything. And obviously, from what we got enough client feedback, uh, everyone really enjoys it. It seems like like our first one we did, the people thought it was like our hundredth one or like at least our fiftieth one or something like that. Yeah, that, like, that was a that fun was one. one. We're we're wrapping up the, we're packing all the gear up, and they're like, "Well, how many of these have you done?" Really? Like, well, this is our first virtual conference that we've done. Uh, we have a few more booked for the next couple months, and they're like, "This is your first one." We're like, "Yep." Like, we would have thought you guys did a hundred of them. I'm like, well, we had. <laughs> it feels like we've done a hundred, uh, one million cups at this point. So yeah, right. We've. It's not. It's not like live streaming is new to us. It's just the virtual element and mm-hmm. the frequency of live streaming has uh, definitely increased throughout the mm-hmm. the time of COVID. So. We've gotten a lot more practice at it and we're starting to figure out a cadence of how to execute them a lot more seamlessly and with a lot less stress. Usually these things are kind of stressful because it's live, um, but yeah. they're they're getting a lot less stressful as far as uh, making sure the tech stuff's going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the less stress and the figuring it all out, what are some struggles that <laughs> we had? Probably maybe more on the, because obviously I think everyone can figure out Wi-Fi and internet is always a struggle, like connection issues, getting good video quality, good audio quality. That's always a struggle. What's something that maybe uh, like you don't think about too much as far as a struggle? What so was you're not going to let me talk about the struggle of internet every single time we do a live stream. That's a given. We know it's hard. <laughs> and although we're lucky, we have CFU. So I do want to talk about the internet part of it because it's important yeah. for people to yeah, know yeah. about this if they're looking to get into live streaming. When you are live streaming video, you need to understand how much bandwidth you need to do a proper live stream. Mm -hmm. And any good live streaming software will tell you what you need. Uh, And it'll determine whether you can live stream in 720p or 1080p. Um, Because what will happen is if you don't have the right bandwidth, you're going to get a very choppy live stream and a very poor experience for your end user because the stream is going to drop out, it's going to freeze, it could completely crash and you could lose the stream entirely, mm-hmm. which thankfully the times that that's happened, it's recovered itself and like it picked back up just with losing a gap. But that's something that you have to remember when you're doing live streaming is that you need a solid internet connection. Um, we have done live streams though, where we're outside in the middle of nowhere and we don't have internet and that's where hotspots come in. LTE is fast enough in in good spaces, like if you have good connection with LTE, it's fast enough to do a live stream from. And we've done that a couple times. So um, while it, yes, it's a struggle that everyone has to remember and it's one that we always have to overcome, it's more so just an important topic and an important point that when you are planning a live stream, know where you're live streaming from and know what kind of internet access you're going to have. Because if you don't have internet access, you don't have a live stream. <laughs> so, shocker. Uh, um, it's the the struggle that uh, is kind of the bigger deal that people may not think about is knowing what kind of live stream to go through. Like, what kind mm. of live stream do you actually want to have? Because right now everything's virtual. So we we had to while we've done live streaming for a long time we've had to shift what kind of live streaming we're doing. Because in the past, we've done a lot of live streaming in person where we are hooking cameras up to a physical switcher, having a multi-cam switch go into a single source live stream locally. And so as everything went virtual, we had to figure out two different workflows. 
because that normal workflow that we had and the normal software that we typically use for that did not work as well for virtual live streams. So developing a system and developing a process for both scenarios is super important. And it's something that we've been working through for the last two or three months now on developing the proper system. And we effectively got to a point where we said for in-person, we use this tool set for virtual, we use this tool set. And once we defined that process, that's what reduced a lot of that stress. Because before, when we were trying to use the in-person tool set for virtual experiences, it caused several hours of pre-production planning and building. It caused a lot of stress the day of the event because the platform wasn't built for doing virtual events. And in the end, we got done and we were just exhausted and it wasn't as fun. Now that we have the proper platforms for both of those scenarios, we can finish a live stream and like we saw, like we walked, went down to Ames and did that live stream, left at 5.30 in the morning, did an eight hour live stream, drove back, and yes, we were tired. But we were not as tired as we could have been if that would have been a stressful day all day long. Mm-hmm. And the more stress you can remove from the actual event itself, the more enjoyable a live stream is going to be for you. For sure. So... We have, which I guess I didn't even necessarily know this. We're, we're using two different, so example, just so I can kind of be sure I'm thinking of it all clearly. Um, traditional 1 million cups, that's a different live streaming platform and like service than what we're doing when we're doing virtual 1 million cups. Correct. Gotcha. I did not know that, which is interesting. The, and this is where that you haven't been part of the discussion. Exactly. Um, I've been told what to do. Lately. So, uh, yeah. The the in-person ones, we can get a lot more creative on the graphics and mm-hmm. the visual experience that we have. Because we can have the roving cameras and yeah, that we, kind of yeah, stuff. Multiple cameras. We have a switcher. We have wireless systems. We have the ability to create more customized graphics and designs for the stream itself. But their ability to bring in guest users is limited. Mm-hmm. And... It works, but it's very clunky. It's a lot of work and a lot of stress. So for virtual events, we use an online platform that's designed for bringing in virtual guests. Mm -hmm. And so that's the difference between what we've been doing with 1 million cups the last four or five months versus what we did with 1 million cups prior to COVID Mm -hmm. is we switched the platforms that we're using to actually execute the live stream. Gotcha. That's interesting. So we're talking about uh, different live streaming services and things like that. Um, But what type of equipment or gear do you think? Because, again, most people, when they think of live streaming nowadays or like when you think of hosting a live event, it's just, oh, here's a Zoom link. Call it good. Everyone owns a computer. Everyone, theoretically, if you're participating in a Zoom call, has Internet or access to Internet or Wi-Fi or a hotspot or whatever. Um, What are those pieces of equipment, though, if you're trying to have a higher production live stream like we do that people might want to consider that maybe they don't know about if if you watched launch camp this year and if you haven't you can go to launchcamp.io and watch the replay of the whole day the one thing you'll notice is the quality of danny's video versus everyone else's except for a couple of the guests there's a couple guests scotty russell and (laughs) uh um 
Scott Corey, from or Scott. Scott from Ninja U, Scott Barons. Uh, their two streams, they looked awesome. They had a really good setup. I think there might have been one other one I can't remember offhand, but for the most part, people just use their webcams, and that's good enough because again, they're used to doing Zoom calls. They or they're not creative creative type people who have these setups and everything. But one of the biggest things that you can do to up your the quality of your stream is take a look at your camera. There's a lot of really good cameras and a lot of really good tools uh, out there to take a, a high quality camera and turn it into a webcam. And I know that there's even, uh, I think there's an app now, which I, I, have, I use a Google Pixel, so it's not applicable to me, but I believe there's an app out there now that lets you turn your iPhone camera into a webcam if you plug it into your Mac, which is kind of cool because your the camera on the back of your phone is better than mm-hmm. your webcam on your computer. And so taking a look at your camera quality, the camera hardware that you use will make a big change in the quality of your live stream. But in addition to that, making sure you have clean audio because the last thing someone wants to hear is a lot of background noise, uh, a lot of reverberations, a lot of echo or um, kind of phasing of the sound in and out. Uh, and one of the best ways to do that is to pick up a some sort of either Yeti mic or a podcasting mic or something of that sort and connect that to your system because that's going to give you a clean source of audio that's going to make your entire stream feel much more professional and uh, even if you are still only doing it from one camera on your comp- on your desk and talking straight to that camera and that's it, it's going to give it a more professional feel in the end. But if you want to get to the point of taking a step further, multiple locations, multiple cameras, stuff like that, um, the my favorite switcher right now is the Blackmagic Mini Switcher. There's three different versions of it that do three different things. They all physically look identical, except for a few <laughs> buttons. Um, but the main one that we have is the first one that came out, which I was a little bummed because by the time we got it, they announced the second version like a month later. <laughs> and the second version actually has a feature that I really want. Um, and it's like a couple hundred bucks more. But anyway, the switcher is a very inexpensive switcher in the grand scheme of everything that is available on the market. And it allows you to bring four HDMI inputs into it and switch between those. And that device connects to your computer as a webcam. That Having that device allows you to bring the value, bring the production value and the type of stream that you're broadcasting up a li- just a little bit in order to give your audience a different experience. And so between cameras, audio, and some sort of switching hardware, those are the things that I would look at first if you're looking to improve the quality of your live streams. Gotcha. So yeah, don't don't just cheap out on things or don't just like if you're gonna buy something to enhance your live stream, don't look for the cheapest option because the cheapest option is what's already in your computer or on your phone right, or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, and one extra thing, pay attention to your lighting. Like <laughs> how many times have you been in a Zoom call and someone has a bright full window behind Mm -hmm. them and outside looks gorgeous and they are silhouetted and you can't see anything of them or they have a ceiling light behind them because their webcam was down on like near their desk and they're looking up their nose hey don't get mad at (laughs) Dell. yeah (laughs) Dell. uh 
so yeah, pay attention to those things because those are the inexpensive things that you can change to make mm-hmm. your, your streams look a little bit better is making sure you're in the right lighting and making sure your camera position looks good. Mm-hmm. My personal favorite where they have a window, but uh, the camera is smart enough to find them and exposed to the person. So then they get this weird like halo behind them. It blows everything out. Yeah, it's super bright. And they're just like, how's it look? (laughs) I'm like, can you move? And they're like, no, I'm on my desktop. I'm like, Uh, looks fine. I guess we're we're here. (laughs) Looks good. (laughs) I'll just give everyone a dimmer warning. Uh, (laughs) That's fun. I've had a lot of good conversation. Uh, To kind of wrap things up, what would be, uh, since we always end with some sort of advice or some sort of something along those lines, what would be a piece of advice you would give to someone who's looking to start a live streaming uh, situation like ours or what's something that maybe you wish you knew when you first were jumping in this adventure at the beginning? I would say the biggest thing is don't be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. The idea of live streaming can be daunting. It can be scary. It can be something where people go, it's live. Like I can't fix this. Like if something happens, it's there, but we made those mistakes in, in the beginning. We've live streamed things where the entire stream just crashed and mm-hmm. we had to fix it. We had to deal with unexpected copyright issues of music <laughs> because there was a song playing in the background of an event, or we had this music that was licensed to us, but Facebook, didn't realize that we had a license to it so they flagged it there and things like that happen and you can't be afraid of them you need to try them and test things out but also don't get stuck with the way that you're doing it in the beginning because the one thing that we've learned over the course of the last I don't know five years of live streaming is that technology changes hardware changes and as you for every live stream you do you're going to learn something new that makes it a little bit easier, a little bit less stressful, or a little bit better. And take those notes every single time and add them to your tool belt of what you can do for the next live stream. Gotcha. Very well said. Very nice information. And it's been a great conversation. I've learned a ton and I've been doing this. <laughs> so, not <laughs> all of it, but... You've been around it for the last couple of years now and We've never actually sat down and had a conversation like this. So No, we haven't had time. We've been going. Whenever I feel like since we started doing the live stream stuff, it's just been so go, go, go. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm 100% thankful that over the last six months we've been able to stay busy. Oh, yeah, for but sure. It feels like we're always going 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. So, yeah, that was... A great episode with Zach Everman and myself. Uh, we were here just talking about live streaming. If you want to catch up on previous episodes, check us out on Spotify or wherever else you listen to your podcast. Uh, if you want to see some of our behind-the-scenes footage um, and how we do our live streams, since that's relevant as of right now, you can check out our vlogs on our YouTube channel at Pixel Labs. Um, and you can see some previous episodes where we do some live streaming i'm pretty sure most of them are labeled so you know kind of what's up uh yeah check us out on there follow us on facebook instagram everything uh continue listening to the podcast uh i'm noah lucy i'll see you guys later thank you very much noah it's been fun talking